Welcome to Making Sense of It All. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Stakes. So I'm recording this on the morning of the 4th of July, our Independence Day as a country. I'm grateful that I grew up in the United States of America, and I have the freedom to do a show like this and bring you all the different and varied people that make livings doing so many different things that they choose, or they've had the opportunity to discover their chosen profession through their own trial and error. That being said, my guest this week is Kelly Hill of Sales Advisors of Florida. Kelly is a fractional VP of sales that helps second-stage business-to-business sales teams improve their performance. She works directly with the CEOs of companies to build actionable strategies and plans that assist in helping them realize their vision of success. If you're like me, several things I just said evoke questions. Mainly, what's a fractional VP of sales? Well, she'll, she'll answer that shortly here for us. Sales touches every industry. Some say that it's the lifeblood of a company because without sales, you have nothing to work on. This conversation crosses all industries, and I think it'll be beneficial to anybody looking to increase their bottom line. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Kelly Hill. Let's jump into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Making Sense of It All. My guest today is Kelly Hill. She's the CEO and sales optimization expert at Sales Advisors. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jesse. I'm happy to be here. So to me, that's a that's a lot that I just said there. So can you help us unpack that? What exactly do you guys do at Sales Advisors? Yeah, so we're a consulting firm that focuses on helping companies build a proactive sales approach. So normally that means they have, uh, if they have a sales team, they're not particularly effective or they're very reliant on uh, inbound leads or referrals. So they need to do something differently to grow. And we enable that growth by building a high-performing sales team and managing the sales, the day-to-day sales aspects of their business as a fractional VP of sales. Very cool. I got to imagine a lot of that starts as observation and just kind of Figuring out what where you're starting from, correct? It does. Every company is different. Um, a lot of times what, what looks like a sales problem turns out to be something else within the organization. So you have to kind of suss that out as well. But we, we're really great about becoming a partner of the CEO or the COO and really helping them understand um, all of the areas that are impacting the growth of the company, not just the sales side of it. Wow. I got a I got a lot of questions about that, but first I want to kind of step back. I'd love Kelly, tell me how you got to where you are now. Where where'd you start as far as was it was it in college that you've discovered that you had a passion for sales or was it later in your career? When did that, when did that kind of take place for you? Yeah, so I spent the first half of my career working for commercial cooking equipment companies and that was right out of college. And my degree was actually in restaurant and hotel management from Purdue University. But I ended up going into sales and marketing. So I really loved solution providing. I really loved, um, you know, uh, matching the customer's needs with with the right solution. So that kind of drove me in the first part of my career. And uh, I ultimately ended up going to work for one of my customers in a purchasing role. So 
after 15 years selling and marketing, I went into purchasing, did that for about 13 years and uh, did a lot of great fun things. It was a Fortune 500 company. You might know the name Darden Restaurants, but um, Darden Restaurants is, was at the time the parent company of Red Lobster, and they're still the parent company of a lot of other restaurant brands. But I was actually buying lobster of all things. So very cool. I, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But when it was time to leave, I, I sales is so much more fun than purchasing. I decided to found my company based on sales. Well, I'm sure that that having a purchasing background or having that experience purchasing for a large company gave you a tremendous perspective on what you were looking for in a salesperson or in a sales relationship as well. Absolutely. And that was really a big part of my differentiating factor, uh, which is there are a lot of sales consultants out there. I know what the buyers want. I know how to talk to buyers. And just to give you a, a really great example, I had a client this year, um, small growing kombucha company out of Michigan, and they were trying to expand their footprint with Meyer and kept coaching her on how to talk to the buyer. Make it about the buyer, not about you. Make it about why it's right from the company for the company, not about you. And she ended up um, um, tripling her business with Meyer because of that coaching. So it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. So when did you start your company? Started my company in 2014, but I pivoted to focus on second stage companies, helping that sort of focus target in 2017. So we, okay. we focus on second stage companies that got a proven product or service. They uh, know how to place it in the market, but they've gotten to a point in their growth where they're, they're stuck and they just need to do things differently to grow. And I know you just semi-defined it there, but for our audience who doesn't really know what a second stage company is, can you give them a definition of that? Yeah, typically they have between seven and 50 employees and they're between a million and uh, 50 million in revenue. So they, they're proven. They're, a lot of times these are uh, privately held uh, family businesses. And, um, you know, they just get to a point where they can't grow anymore and they need to do things differently. Do you have a certain industry that you guys focus on or is it industry agnostic? It's really industry agnostic. We pride ourselves on being really uh, quick learners um, so we can adapt to any industry. But honestly, we do a lot of work with food manufacturers because of that experience with the food buyers. Um, and we do a lot of work with what I call STEM, which is STEM without the S. So without the science, it's the technology, engineering, manufacturing. The technical people really don't always get sales or they're not really comfortable in that sales building and management role. So what is it do you think that they're not very comfortable with? Because I, in my experience with sales, there's a lot of process that happens with sales. It's not just an art. It's also, there is a science side of it as well. So is it, what do you think it's just the, it's kind of that 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 unknown that they're a little afraid or nervous about, or do you believe that there is truly something that they don't have the talent or skill to do when it comes to sales? Yeah, so that's a great question, Jesse. So you're right; they are they are very process oriented, but they tend to think of sales and marketing as the same thing. So they just lump it into the same bucket. And in fact, we've had customers that won't even call sales sales; they prefer to call it marketing. So they're uncomfortable. Uh, you know, they've been sold by the wrong type of salesperson in the past. They have a negative perception of sales. And we we come in and we professionalize the whole approach. Very good. Um, and it's, as far as 
I know you call yourself a fractional VP of sales. Is it something that you stay tied to a company that you guys are working with? Or is it something to where you work with them for a certain amount of time and then they're, and then you kind of, you, you launch their boat effectively for them? Yeah. So it's really number two. It takes us uh, some time to get all the right pieces in place. And then we have a, a period of time where we're tweaking the approach, tweaking the messaging. Um, and, uh, you know, we like to stay on for about a year to a year and a half because that gives us enough time to make sure it's all working smoothly. Uh, you know, the salespeople we've hired are, are long-term people at that point. And then we'll either hire our replacement in the form of a sales manager or we'll train somebody on the executive team to manage the sales team going forward. It's very interesting to me because I feel like that there are people, they start a business, they have a passion for what they do. But sales is, it's another function similar to accounting or similar to having an attorney. But people don't think about sales all the time as something that you need an outsourced person or an outsourced company to help you with. And, and I think you guys are really proving that when you do, when you trust somebody to with that function, that it actually can help you drive sales tenfold. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, we just bring that professionalism and approach in. We're immediately able to make some changes to make them more effective and then build that longer-term plan. Um, a lot of our customers also work with um, on an operating system called EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System, which uses a framework called Traction. And um, as a part of their accountability chart, um, they have a sales uh, leader. So if they're using that chart, they know they need to fill that sales leader position for an accountability um, reasons within their organization. Well, and speaking of systems, are you guys implementing customer management tools for them? Are you implementing those types of services as well? Yeah, obviously a lot of companies we work with already have the systems, but they're not using them, uh, either not using them at all or not using them the way they're designed to be used to show sales pipeline visibility, to show uh, to give them uh, the ability to do capacity planning for future business, and we we basically bring all that into the 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 the, the executive team. So let's make it real for our audience. Do you have any of your like a favorite success story, or do you have anybody that you're incredibly proud of that you guys kind of took from from point A to to point B as far as when it comes to you know where they where they really didn't have tr a tremendous amount of traction or success originally with their sales and you guys have just kind of shown them the way and and they're off and yeah. running to off to the races now. Yeah, we actually have several, but let me give you one of my favorites. So uh, the company was an engineering company, which is basically working with all of the big space um, uh, providers in the space coast of Florida. So the Lockheed Martins and. NASA and all those um, space contractors um, to the government. And they had a very small part of the business, um, but they wanted to expand it. So they were a subcontractor for a contractor that had a job. And their job is basically creating, taking a prototype of a part and um, uh, bringing that all the way into when that part is approved and it's ready for use in a, in a um, manufacturing facility. So the okay. converting the idea into the finished product. Um, so we came to work with them uh, when they were, they had no, never used anybody in sales. Um, they were all over the board of what a qualified lead looked like. So they were talking to everybody under the sun. They were talking to inventors. They were talking to, um, you know, the current client base, but they really needed to get much more focused and much more um, specific in what they did. So we hired a high-performing salesperson with contacts in the 
um, space industry. We put in place a CRM that gave them the visibility so their whole engineering team could see what kind of opportunities were coming down the, the pipeline, if you will, and prepare for them. And then we highly uh, fine-tune their qualification process. And the CEO, uh, you know, at the end of our engagement, he said that was that was the biggest thing we learned from the engagement. He did a lot of great things, but now we know who's a qualified lead and who's not. So it's eliminated a lot of uh, time, a time, big time drain from our whole team. So when you do that with somebody, I mean, I think it's a tremendous, tremendous story. So do you stay connected with them? Are they are they coming back to you for advice throughout the, you know, throughout the life of their company or or, or do they are they once it's disconnected, they're done? Yes. No, no, no. We always we'll check in with them on a regular basis to see how things are going. We become almost an advisor to them during our engagement. So we like to maintain that open line of communication. It's not anything we charge for. We just make sure we're here to help them brainstorm through certain problems they might have or think about things differently as a as an outside resource. Well, and I got to I got to imagine those are probably your best referral sources are the people that have been through your program and that come out on the other side successful. They absolutely are. Yeah. They're great. So tell me a little bit about how you're involved in the as far as in the community. I know you I know that you're involved with several organizations in Florida, but tell me some that you're passionate about. Yeah, so, you know, this whole second stage idea really came out of us being introduced to the Edward Lowe Foundation, which is based in Michigan, and Edward Lowe founded Kitty Litter, and this was back in the 1980s and 90s, and he built his company without any support at all, and, and when he when it was time for him to give back, he basically started the foundation to help second stage companies succeed. So they provide a lot of uh, uh, resources and programming for second stage companies, and I became a, a service provider to them, so a subject matter expert for their clients. They provide this programming to um, states that have programs that support second stage companies within their states. Throughout, okay. you know, we have a really great incubator system and uh, you know, really thriver, thriving startup um, support system for companies, but we don't really, we didn't really have that second stage company support. So there was an organization that came out of that called GrowFL. They were originally folk, or, uh, affiliated with UCF, um, and uh, their whole purpose in life was helping second stage companies get the resources they need to grow through programming, but also through providing a network of uh, uh, service specialists that could help them. Um, so I joined back in 2018. I became a board member in 2020. And also sit on several planning communities because I'm just so passionate about what they do to support second stage businesses throughout Florida. Um, we also are involved in Florida Makes, and Florida Makes is a statewide organization that specifically helps uh, manufacturing companies. So it doesn't necessarily not size related, but um, just help them get the, the tools they need to succeed. Um, and then, uh, you know, just for fun, I also volunteer at the SBDC at UCF because I sit on one of their small business advisory boards because it's just so much helping, so much fun helping these companies that come in. They're small, they, they're they're hungry for expertise. And, you know, you put a panel of experts together that sit with them for a year or two years and just watch their growth explode. It's so much fun. No doubt. I used to have a coworker that I would say, she always used to say that it was her passion to watch people take an idea from the kitchen table where they've, you know, drawn out their idea on a piece of paper on the kitchen table 
to bringing it to a publicly traded company. And I think that that's, it's, it's such a rewarding feeling to sit on the front side of that when you're, you know, when you're at the SBDC or any of these organizations, you know, just to speak a little bit on GrowFL, um, just to, just to add my two cents there. I think that they're a tremendous organization. I think that they give a tremendous amount of resources uh, for the people that are members of the organization. And you brought up Florida Makes. All of these organizations work in concert with each other as well. They're not competing for the same people. They're trying to help each other and make sure that companies get all the resources that are available to them within the state of Florida. Absolutely. They all have their their mission, basically, which is very specific. There's tons of overlap and tons of collaboration. So we we happen to have uh, regional chapters throughout the state, GrowFL does, uh, where Florida Makes has... Um, their regional manufacturers associations where they embed a business advisor. So that business advisor is also connected to GrowFL. So whether it's getting resources to support the company through Florida Makes um, contacts or network or through GrowFL, we've got it all covered. Wonderful. Kelly, I really appreciate you joining us today. If people want to learn more about you and your, and your organization, where can they find you guys? Yeah, Jesse. So the best place is our website. We have a lot of tools. We have ways to contact us, all of our contact information. And listeners can find us at www.salesadvisorsfl.com. Wonderful. And just to be clear, you are not just tied to Florida, correct? People outside of Florida, if they're interested in having a conversation with you, you can help people all around the United States. Yeah, that's a great question. We we do have clients all across the United States. Um, even though our name is Florida, this is where we started and this is that's where that naming convention came from. But we are very active in states like Michigan, uh, Missouri, Texas, Louisiana, Washington State. And a lot of those states are states that have these second stage programs provided by Edward Lowe Foundation. Perfect. Just wanted to make sure that my audience knew that just because you had FL in the title, that doesn't mean that you're that that state line is 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 blocking you from going anywhere that you need to go to help them. No, no, we're it's a global world these days, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Again, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. We look to having you back. We look forward to having you back on the show sometime soon. Thank you very much, Jesse. Really enjoyed it. You know, we talked at length about some of the organizations that are available in Florida for business owners, but these types of organizations exist around the entire United States of America. They're great resources, and they exist to help foster success for the local business ecosystems. I would encourage you to do your own research and look at some of these organizations if you think they might be beneficial to your business. Again, I want to thank Kelly for taking the time to share a little bit about her organization and what she does for businesses. That's going to wrap us up for this week. I'll catch you guys next time.